First of all, thank you very much for the opportunity. <clears throat> it's a real privilege for me to be standing in front of you. And Kume, what a tough act to follow. <laughs> I'm truly inspired. Um, and Pastor Paul told me that uh, the lady you were going to come after was a director uh, before she was 30 at Absa. I said, that's a tough way to follow. Why would you ask me to do that? <laughs> I was never a director at anything, and it's not an opportunity. Yeah? <laughs> I was never a director at anything. And um, let alone at the age of 30. I was fired at 30. <laughs> somebody who's thinking of starting their own business or starting something and um, they're thinking it's too big, um, it is critical that you do that. God never calls you to what you can do. Um, if you look at the children of Israel, they had to go into the land fighting people stronger than they and to go in with God. And one tribe that made the mistake, if you look at the uh, <clears throat> the book of Judges, chapter 18, you hear of, sorry, I don't want to preach, but I think it's <laughs> the 18th chapter, the tribe of Dan decides to go and attack a nation called, a people called of Lash, because they were an easy target, and they get into trouble. Um, they've been called to conquer the land of the Philistines but they were too big, too strong. They decided to go for an easy target and left that space. David was still fighting the Philistines because they did not do what they needed to do. Uh, they thought these people are too big for us. So in our lives, we should target those things that seem too big for us. And in the book of Revelations, don't hear, actually I was reading about and wondering why. You hear all the 12 tribes. The tribe of Dan is not included. Okay. Um, I was expecting the half tribes to be two. The 12 tribes of Israel, the tribe of Dan is excluded. I don't know whether that's the reason, but I wouldn't be surprised because they were the first tribe to lead Israel into idolatry as a nation. So we do not have enough power to do what we need to do. And we should never feel intimidated by those powerful situations. Mm -hmm. There's enough in us to do what we need to do. But enough preaching. I don't want to go into preaching. Um, I'm not good at it. So there are better preachers here. So I share from my life. Um, I was born in a township um, outside of Harare, Dormitory Township. And, um, uh, dormitory Town, and always looked down upon my humble uh, beginnings. Said, I never really understood that God would use it. I'm a township businessman now. The township doesn't intimidate me, and it's largely because of that background of where I grew up. Mm. One of the most important choices I had to make at the age of 16 was to decide to um, give my life to the Lord, becoming born again. That was one of the most significant things that ever happened to me. Because it doesn't matter where I grew up and who I was. The new man, Adam, Jesus Christ, gets me back to what it was like 
in the Garden of Eden. So now I have the power to multiply. I can, with my wife, going to um, go, go forth and multiply and replenish the earth, subdue the earth. So we can subdue because of that. So that's significant. Uh, I know I'm talking to Christians here, but we do not realize how significant being born again is. And sometimes we do not use, we are blessed and we do not understand that we are blessed. Um, we think you are blessed when you've got billions. No, you are blessed from the time you come to the knowledge of the Lord. Where you take it is up to you. But you are blessed from that time. Um, Jacob was no more blessed when he was walking, um, when he walked from his father's house to go to Laban's house. He was no less blessed than when he came back. He had the blessing. And the blessing was not about things. And that's why I believe that Esau had more resources, financial resources, than the one who was blessed. Because when they meet, Esau is with 400 men. That's a king, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Somebody with 400 men following him is more powerful than one with nothing. So I would like to believe if you've inherited from Abraham and Isaac, you'll have more resources. So we should never see ourselves as less blessed. It doesn't matter where you are. You are still as blessed. So I hope my life will share some of the things I didn't understand at the time, but uh, as I grow, grow older, I understand I'm no less blessed now than I will be in 10 years' time. And it's not about me. It's about God's hand on my life. Um, so I've shared about the um, getting to know the Lord, which was the most important thing and, uh, for me. Uh, but I was frustrated because I would see... I grew up poor and everybody around me was poor, so I didn't even know I was poor when I was in the township. <laughs> rich people in my township were the ones that lived in the, you know, we had, um, we'd call it the electricity section. I didn't have electricity, we started in the So the, the rich people, as far as I was concerned, were the ones that lived in the section where there was electricity. And then for the last two years of my life, I went to a multiracial school and I learned that I'm poor for the first time. <laughs> and I go through the difficulty, and I've given my life to the Lord, and I'm saying, Lord, why am I poor? I know you. I go back to the township. And I remember when my mom died, uh, the people from my school wanted to come in and, and, and pay condolences. And the last thing I wanted them was <laughs> where I live. But if I hadn't had that, the township would have been intimidated. I've really been blessed by the township. And God's hand was preparing me for what was going to come later. So that's one of the um, most important. Um, choices I had to make, getting born again, significant. Then the second most important choice was getting married to Mary. No, marriage is significant. Just marriage on its own is significant because 
the commandment to uh, be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth was not given to man or a single person. It was given to husband and wife. And together we are able to subdue the earth. There's nothing wrong. We can do things as a single person, but it's, it multiplies when, you, when you're doing it as a couple. And doing it God's way, you will do much more. And it's not about... And people, sometimes we get confused uh, that, um, like I said, you are no less blessed when you've got when, when, when you do other things than when you've got things. You're already blessed. So where you take it is up to you. But the blessing is still, I mean, like Jacob was blessed when he was lying under the rock. <laughs> you can take it the blessing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it doesn't, where you take it is, is, is your issue. So, that's the most important, second most important thing was getting married to Megan, and I'm grateful for the children that we have. Um, great children, he asked me to say that. <laughs> and the third thing is, uh, third most important decision I had to make, um, first of all, I was saying, um, I'm humbled. I'm not too sure that that's one of the things I had to deal with. Um, like I was telling him, I was never a straight A student. I've got a lower second class degree. And um, so, but I always thought of myself as that person who's going to be an investment banker when I started. Um, I remember I, I uh, actually, the bio was not 100% correct, so it was my first job. Uh, uh, if, uh, yeah, probably never, it was even worse. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when I was in university, I thought um, I would never work for government, and uh, teaching was out of question. I've, I've, I've got great respect for teachers, uh, but uh, coming from where I was, uh, <laughs> I thought it was beneath me, it was out of question. When I left university, I couldn't find a job, and I had to become a temporary teacher. So I started as I'd been born again at the age of sixteen. I got to university, forget about the Lord, uh, discovered women. Um, <laughs> I said, but my wife knows it, so I can share it. Um, a uh, bed sleep very badly, and um, but uh, and also <laughs> lifted myself in pride. I thought these were not things that uh, people, and that's the pride that was in me. Even throughout, people never said I was a prideful person, but it was there in my head. So God had to deal with it, and that's why I'm conscious. I have to state uh, where I am and give God the glory Amen. because I know. Uh, where my strength comes from, and I know without it, I do not. I'm not a talented person. And I'm not saying it because of humility. I I know it. <laughs> I know without God, I'm nothing. That's why I lose my confidence when my relationship with God is not where it should be, uh, because that's all I know. There are people who are talented who can rely on their talent to get to where they need to be. I don't have it, so. <laughs> when I'm saying it, I'm not just saying it because yeah. because I, I know exactly uh, who I am and um, where my source of strength is. So that had to go. When I had to come to the Lord and cry out to him, say, <laughs> this is not where I thought I would be. Um, so I, 
at that time I was working as a textman. It wasn't like working for SARS. This was in Zimbabwe. It was a soul sucking job. It's a prestigious I to come to the Lord, rededicate my life, and ask Him to um, raise me up again. And my first real job was um, uh, working in retail. Uh, I got um, my first job uh, with OK Bazaars. Um, I became a buyer. It was just God, the way I got there. But this was not what I ever expected I would be doing. Because in my day, I, I don't know um, how many people are from Zim. Uh, graduates don't go into retail. That's for people who fail. <laughs> every day and I just felt the love of God as I was doing what I did, serving people and I'll be, um, I used to hang out with, um, I've never had a problem because I'm from the township, it's easy to hang out with the guys from the township so I would hang out with the merchandisers and the shelf bakers, taking showers with them when I was in the branches and I loved doing what I did but whenever somebody from my university passed through, I'd <laughs> <friend, I, laughs> I was embarrassed. <laughs> I was, I was and I recall a day when I met one of um, my college friends, and um, he was an investment banker. So um, we we chatting, and he's asking him, "So what do you do?" I told him, "I'm a buyer at Okay Bazaars," and his interest in me dropped immediately. <laughs> so I, I remember the hurt of going through. <laughs> so, but I had to get into a position where I had to deal with it. Like, so now, that's one of the first things I tell people. I'm a retailer, I sell big bins for a living, and I'm proud of it. Uh, and I had to learn that all work is noble, and it doesn't matter what you do, you do it for, uh, you work hard at it, and it's. It, all work is to be supposed to be respected. And it's noble, it's great to do what you do if you do it is unto the Lord. But it was a difficult lesson for me because even after learning that, I still try. Um, unfortunately, um, I don't know how I'll end up with these interviews. Uh, I'll get the interviews, but they didn't want me. <laughs> 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 Somebody with a lower second class degree, but they, they're still, I don't know why they call me, yeah, so I remember even after the, but, um, so God was very generous to me, and when I would humble myself, that's why I want to humble myself every time, because if you don't humble yourself, you'll be humble. Mm -hmm. So it's a decision you have to make. Uh, let me humble myself before God humbles me. Please for me. So um, I was really blessed. I was probably one of the youngest experts uh, from Zim. 
I started working for BP, sorry, I, I, I got from OK Bazaars, I, I joined BP, BP and um, I was one of the youngest experts. I had a house by the beach in Cape Town, uh, all in domestic stuff, all paid for by the company. I was earning more than my boss. So, ah, the pride thing rose up. Never visible, but in my mind, I think, I forget that uh, this is all I deserve. It is the hand of God in my life. But, uh, I'm really fortunate that I got fired, and that was one of the. <laughs> now it was one of the most difficult time in my life. I just got married, and my wife says that's the only time um, she's seen me cry. She's seen me at funerals. Uh, she was upset at, uh, at the birth of our son. I wasn't crying. <laughs> Since I've only seen you cry when you're in prayer during that time. Um, I cried out before the Lord. Uh, it was extremely difficult for me to to accept because um, whilst I was with BP I was one of the people that were called oil high potential and if there was a group vice president coming from London they'll take us to Dean House so I thought I was special and once again I thought I'd, I had made it so um, when I heard I understood the context of the retrenchment the retrenchments that were going to take place uh, but when I heard it I not me, they're going to retrench everybody else. They, so they had to start with the experts, they were the most expensive before going to, to uh, retrench South Africans. And I never thought it would happen. Actually, in fact, um, because of my pride, I was uh, got wind of it. They offered me, um, the first offer was to localize, and I refused. Um, I actually thought I was not special. I refused to localize, and then I was offered a job in a prestigious department, international supply and trading. I said, uh, you can go into that. They can afford experts because it's a global business. I said, um, why didn't you offer me that in the first place? <laughs> so I went on to sue the company whilst I would have fired someone like me whilst I was working there because I said that's where a three-year contract it's it's one and a half years into the contract you'll have to pay me up which is the real reason why they, they have to do it to try to be anyway they're trying to cut costs there. <laughs> so, um, so I was the only one who was fired I was shown the door I was actually escorted by security like a criminal and um, to make it worse, they, they told me, okay, today is the last day they waited. I mean, <laughs> all these things happening. And then I was just told, today is the last day. Um, and uh, the house you stay in, in 30 days, uh, we'll give you 30 days to stay there. And they informed Roma first that, um, uh, they, which they had to, that um, they were no longer responsible for me. So uh, we're going to. Sending you on the next business plan. After 30 days, you tell us when. We'll <laughs> organize your flight to Zimbabwe. And, um, and that's the. I just got married at the, at the time. So, um, and I thought in my mind there was a red carpet waiting for my services. Um, I still thought I was special. So I wasn't worried. Actually, when the news was communicated to me, um, <clears throat> the director of retail at the time, which is where, where I worked, was shocked. He says, 
Everybody else is upset, but Simba is taking it. It's, it's no big deal. Like, I don't know what's up with this guy. Because <laughs> I actually thought there was a red carpet waiting for my services. And uh, there was no red carpet. <laughs> uh, so I was unemployed for a good um, was six to seven months. So, and to, to have my wife take care of me um, for that period. That's the most difficult thing for me. As an African man, I have not taught to me to my wife take care of me. It was the most difficult thing to, 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 to go through. But I'm glad she did. Um, which is, um, so, no, she did a very good job. She never complained. Uh, we had to sell a car, and um, I would. Uh, she, she had a good relation within BP. We were working for the same company. So she transferred to Jobek. I said, no, we can't stay in Cape Town. Jobek is probably where I can find opportunities for business. And uh, so she managed to transfer with, with, um, with BP. So every day, the most difficult thing for anybody is to get up every day and you've got nothing to do. Especially for a man. I think uh, ladies take it better. Um, so if I, if I had something to do that day, I would um, uh, ask for a car because we sold my car, uh, drop her off at work, uh, do whatever I needed to do and go and pick her up. So I'm truly grateful, Megan, for the sacrifice for me. I gave about the tribe of time. I didn't know it at the time, but um, I remember when the opportunity for that service station came, it was advertised in the Sunday Times. There were they had more than a hundred uh, uh, people pre selected. And um, I had to go through, and my wife was saying, I, I don't want to, you to raise, I'm worried about you. You're raising your hopes too high. And then you'll be disappointed, I'll have to pick up the pieces when, when it doesn't all work out. And, um, and we had no money. I, had, uh, the, I used to be well paid, I spent all my money on a wedding. I gave my wife the wedding, but so all the money was spent. And also that the other uh, benefits of, uh, especially for men, of being married. Um, I was irresponsible, I was very well paid, but I had nothing to show for it. And um, being married has helped me focus. Because when, you, when you're responsible for a wife, even though she can take care of herself, you think differently. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you have to think ahead and start operating at a different level. And that's one of my regrets when getting married late, but um, I wouldn't have met her. But initially, I was supposed to go to, to the Netherlands, and she was in the Netherlands. Maybe we would have met there, but it turned out that was a better... <laughs> was a, it was doing much better initially in the uh, department that I, I needed to get into. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, so, so uh, choosing courage. And 
in that situation, I had no money. But I, my faith, I wish I had my faith was always at that level. Mm. I believed she was going to work. Mm. And um, I remember after getting the, I only started looking for the money after I got the opportunity. And um, I remember going through a tough time because there were lots of people, highly connected people, including a cabinet minister's wife who wanted that side. So I had um, home affairs, uh, Department of Energy, SARS, everybody coming to look. And a banker asked me, what's it with you? I had people who were pre-approved who said, what did you know in total? Uh, because I had people with pre-approved finance who had this opportunity, and you are coming to me with it, and you've got no finance. <laughs> this is, there must have been somebody new. Um, we, we knew nobody, I mean, <laughs> uh, but that was God. I had to get into that position where it doesn't matter that I do not take the money. Um, <clears throat> so um, even with, uh, so I had to make a plan um, uh, to, to, to raise the finance. Uh, in two weeks, actually, they gave me, uh, they gave me a trade agent, but we, we did it in two weeks, thanks to AXA, that was the first people. <laughs> Uh, now I ask myself, uh, it takes me three months to raise my name. <laughs> but I was able to do it in two weeks. And <laughs> who gives attention in two weeks? But I was It was just gone. So, um, <clears throat> moving from there, the other lesson I had to learn was learning perseverance. Uh, when I moved into Soweto, which is really God. Um, at the time, uh, I had to. Uh, I heard Pick and Play was selling the the score businesses, which was the township business at the time, and they were selling them off and converting them to to Pick and Pays. And I, I called the um, the office of the director of uh, uh, franchising at the time, and the secretary says to me, "No, the process is closed." So, just give him my CV, as if there's anything special about my CV. Give <laughs> <laughs> my CV. Um, says, but I can't do anything, it's not my decision. I said, give him my CV. And she gave him my CV. Needless to say, he wanted to see me. And I do not speak any word of local languages. But he still awarded to me. He says, I know when I've got the person I need. Um, you, you, you get it. And after the process, actually, I started having problems with uh, his lieutenants who were trying to get me a, a B partner. Saying, but how are you going to talk to your customers? I'll hire managers. So, 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 so I, I, I refuted that and eventually um, it was an effector. But when I got there, I thought uh, the total was a great business. I started making money from day one. So I was expecting the same thing. And I worked so hard <laughs> and wasn't making any money. It took me three years to break even. And I remember one day walking into the office of the one of the general managers and saying, I just want what I put in, take your store back. <laughs> I do not want any goodwill. Uh, I cannot continue to work like this. 
asked him, is there anything I'm doing wrong? He says, no, you're not doing anything wrong. He says, but we don't want this talk. We've got a five-year deal, and you're going to stick to it. Oh, if you want to walk away, we're not even giving you what you put in. That very day, I walked into a prayer meeting, exhausted. In my past, at the time, just read from, uh, is it... Um, uh, Hebrews, I think it's Hebrews 11 or 13, where it says, in those, God, God is not pleased in those who shrink back. He just said that word, and I knew exactly. I mean, I'd gotten this opportunity from God, and I knew it was God given, but I was giving it back without even consulting. Um, <clears throat> so I just knew that I needed to persevere, and I persevered through it. It's been one of the uh, best performing businesses for me. Um, it's been making good money after that and from that experience where I persevered I got two more businesses from Pick and Pay I'm not saying this to I'm one of their go-to people if they will have a store that they want to <laughs> and from that first experience it's now much easier for me. Like my, my last two stores, um, I'll break even after six months. Normally, a retail store breaks after 18 months. I've been able to do that um, because of the experience I had with the first one, um, where it took me three years to start making a set. Um, and it wasn't a problem. It wasn't costing me money or retail. We're paying people after uh, 30 days. And <clears throat> so, there was no cash flow problem, but I wasn't making any money. Um, so God was hitting, uh, hung me out to drop. So I had nothing to complain about because <laughs> every bill was being paid. Yeah, but I would look at my financials. <laughs> I had nothing to show for what I was doing. But God remembers. He'll remember you. He knows it's a test of character. So in any situation, persevere through it and see what God is going to do. Then the sixth lesson I learned was saying no to corruption. But this was never a, a debate for me. Uh, <clears throat> um, I, we decided to buy a piece of land to build a service station in Soweto. We, um, uh, we had everything approved. Um, but um, City Power decided They'd approved it in the first place, but they turned back and said, power is being stolen, there's not enough power in the area, so we can't give you the power. Um, I remember going to, but I, I was building, no, I didn't stop. <laughs> I was already in construction, and it's actually, it's part of the, I don't know, was it faith or was it just uh, foolhardiness? It just happened, um, anyway. <clears throat> so, I continued to build, um, and I'll go through, um, I think, the next level after the CEO, I saw the people, I saw everybody in City Power. And they'll tell me, no, it can't happen. <laughs> There's not enough power. Then one guy says, I'll meet your site. And he says to me, um, I, I will give you power, but it's going to cost you. Mm -hmm. And um, <clears throat> I was sitting with the runner that uh, I was working on my project, and he said, after he left, I pretended I didn't hear anything. Yeah, 
And I wasn't sure at all. I, it's just part of my character. Uh, it's very difficult for me, for me to know when things are being said. And <laughs> so when you say that, I said, oh, great. <laughs> so he said, did you actually know what you were saying? So no. <laughs> so I say, you, you need to pay. I said, no, of course, that's not going to happen. And um, so I went on to, eventually, I put enough pressure for them to put it in writing that I was going to get power after three months, uh, three months after, after opening. So I went on to put in a solar farm, and, um, uh, but I didn't invest enough in battery power because I got in three months out of the solar that I need, um, out of the electricity that I need. So I put in um, insufficient uh, solar, I would have solar for, for four hours. So every day I would run a generator for uh, 12 hours or so. I actually hired a generator service technician every 10 days he knew he had to come in and service my generator. But I was prepared to do that. The three months became one full year. I spent 1.6 million on, on diesel and the generator. The bride would have probably, I estimated the intimation was, was probably going to be about 20,000 rand. <laughs> <laughs> so, 20,000 rand, this is 1.6 million, but 1.6 million was money well spent for me. And um, so we have my, uh, one of our structural engineers is here because I'm not sure whether uh, we had a similar situation as well. I've started constructing another development and um, he came to me and he says, um, your traffic input assessment is not being approved. JIA won't approve it. And the engineers are telling me why you need to pay. But you know, it wasn't even a debate, it was just informing me because he knew exactly where, where I stood on that. Um, it was never something I was going to do. And needless to say, we did not pay for that uh, traffic assessment to be done. And the punishment uh, has been to go and put um, three traffic lights on unrelated areas further away from me. I think we're going to spend another 1.8 million that I shouldn't have spent. But for me, it's a no-brainer. Um, I, I, I didn't even, I don't even know what the bribe would have been. It probably would have been 50,000 or even 100,000, whatever it was going to be. It's cheaper than spending another 1.8 million. But as far as I'm concerned, I've got a better testimony. And yes. remember, it's not my money anyway. It doesn't, it's so painful for me to, to go and spend money for a good cause because i mean how long is this life but uh, i'll probably live to a hundred if i'm lucky and, and there's eternity <laughs> there's eternity to believe i'd rather have a testimony that's sure and powerful yes. than um to uh, we're gonna leave anything we have here on earth and um even if i had i think that's that's really some of the lessons that I've learned early um, in my life because bribery is never I've got other vices, I have things when I am better with the law um, <coughs> uh, my wife tells me <laughs> uh, that's, I, I, I struggle to, to, to 
And we haven't done that in the body of Christ. That's, and I hear Christians saying, um, I don't do Christ, uh, business with Christians without being cheated. I've been cheated by Christians. But I've been cheated more by non-Christians than Christians. <laughs> and that's the reality. But I'll find it more difficult to forgive my brother. Or to sort, sort it out. Like uh, Paul talked about it 2,000 years ago. Why are you going to court one with another? This is, I can't believe we haven't solved it in 2,000 years. It says, choose even the least amongst you to sort out <laughs> your problems. And we've not been able to do that. And we then become weak as a body. Yeah. We must accept that no more. Yeah. I wrong my, my wife, the closest person to be. We wrong each other so often. It's normal. You went to interrogate somebody, you went to wrong one another. So let's not throw away those friendships. One of the, the people that I'm talking about came through Munya. Munya told me that there's this opportunity in, 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 in there's this land being sold in Soweto. Mm, uh, but I thought of you, you are in that game. Uh, if I wasn't in, in, that, in that game, I would not have done that. So, um, the last uh, thing I would like to leave with you, please do not um, just treat our relationships as colorful. They're very, very important. We will be accountable for it. And God expects us to deal, and, but there must be people sorting out our problems. Um, the Jews and rabbinical courts in every nation they go to. Um, so it doesn't matter if you're a practicing Jew, you're not going to, to take your matters to, to a court. Um, Muslims, actually, I'll digress again. Um, the Minister of uh, Small Business in 2016, I think, was saying, all oh, the foreigners must teach the locals how to do business in the townships. I looked at it and said, there's nothing to be taught. The, the, the foreigners have got no skill that the locals do not have. There's nothing special about running a sponsor shop that a local does not know. But the difference is they are able to sort out their differences. Most of those uh, uh, foreigners that were trading in the, in the townships are Muslims. So they go to their imam when they have a dispute. So they are able to work together. They are able to go and buy in bulk because do they have disputes? Yes, I'm sure they default one another. <laughs> but whoever defaults will be called to put in and say, pay back. This is what you've done, you've done wrong. Yeah. Make the payments. Um, one of the uh, people I follow, Rabbi Lapin, he says the difference between Jewish people and everybody else is the ability to trust. He says a, 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 a Jewish merchant in Venice could send products to Amsterdam to another Jewish person who doesn't know, knowing he's going to get paid. Because if he's not paid, you'll contact the local rabbinical court or the rabbi of the synagogue where he goes and says this is what has happened. So you are now able to trust somebody you don't know because you've got a dispute resolution mechanism. But so you don't trust because I know the person. Yes, it's better when you know the person, but you trust because I know when when something happens, even in business. Nobody wants to go into a business, a place where there's no rule of law. That's why my nation uh, of Zimbabwe is in the trouble that it is. You can see any opportunity, but if you know that it will be dispute, so when you sort it out, you don't want to spend money. 
<laughs> when you trust the judicial system, you'll say, okay, if we have a difference, this is how it's going to be sorted out. And it's the same thing. You will not do business with people. You do not trust that when something goes wrong. So, in our Christian faith, we are very good at understanding that um, um, rather be wronged. Uh, so, I will not take my brother to court, but I do not want to be stolen from, so I will not deal with the brother. I will deal with somebody in the world. <laughs> and that limits our ability to do great things. Yeah. I hope from this, um, that's the story of my life. And um, But what I would like to leave with you is what I started with. That whatever, there are people here who have been called to business. And you're going to, oh, a better career, a promotion. But you're going for the easier one, easier targets. Like the nation of Dan, that we found the people who are secluded. Um, they put nobody to help them in their good land. But God never said going to that good land. Uh, you've got yours, that's even better, that you were told to go to, but you scared of the Philistines and, and you're looking for somebody else to go and, <laughs> and attack, who God never told you to, to go and attack. So I would urge you go back to those dreams those passions that God has given you and understand that you'll never uh, if it's something you can do in your own strength then God did not ask you to do it God asked you to do that which you cannot do in your own strength you need him to go and conquer a nation stronger than us 